It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. Dennis Stuckey along with a jovial Brady Beaton <laughs> on a Friday. You're so happy it's I a Friday. I am happy that it's a Friday. We've had a beautiful week. We've had great baseball. Apparently pitching is 1,800 miles ahead of hitting early in the season because even the not-so-great pitching performances I've seen, you can still take a lot out of. Even the ones that are overshadowed, I can still take a lot out of. And it's been a fun week of baseball, historic week. We had four no-hitters earlier in the week, so what do I get on Wednesday? Another damn (laughs) no-hitter. And it might have been the most – it was the best baseball game I've seen pitched. I mean, probably at best sense – uh, the Maceo Miller perfect game, it might have been more dominant than that. Yeah. Well, it was absolutely I mean, ridiculous, and you weren't surprised. I, I know because uh, I can hear it out there. That, that When we promoted Tyler Jamison, there are those people out there that uh, roll their eyes and go, come on. Uh, is he that good? Port here out Northern. He's not yeah. that good. And they're doing the same thing when we hype up Josh right. Kasner. It's must-see baseball. Again, there have only been a few – players that we've said in any sport that we that I've said I don't care if you've never been to Algonac I don't care if you've never gone to out you have you could care less if, if Algonac shuts down tomorrow go watch Josh Kastner pitch yeah. he is one of those we'll talk about it because poor Armada they're they're not a bad baseball team but their bats are struggling to come along and it is. I think it has made them look record made look a little worse than what they really are. Yeah, you, you know, and it, and it hasn't helped because again, Al- Alcanac threw what three pitchers at them and they got one hit. Yeah, in, in two games, and it's not because they are necessarily a bad team. No, they go up there. Well, they they swing the bat. They've got an approach. They well, let's save it for the yeah. segment because you also saw a one hitter. I saw a really nice win for a Marysville team that I think just confidence-wise, needed a win like this before league play starts. And I saw more home runs. I, I Everywhere I go, they hit home runs. I, yeah, you haven't gone a day run. without a home run, I right? had uh, three homers uh, in my doubleheader yesterday. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we got a lot to Oh, a and a player you've cover. been calling to have a big year continues to have a hot start. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling good about some of my predictions for this sport. Yes. So. <laughs> we'll get into it uh, in depth in just a moment. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. 
Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Garaclean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Garaclean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Duraclean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, and let's start with Wednesday, and let's just go right to baseball, and let's just go right to the game that you were at, uh, Brady, because... um, Great ball game, great performance by Josh Kasner. Yeah, I'm not going to bury the lead. Um, we talked about it in the opening segment. Uh, he was sensational. Uh, he is somehow improved from last year, and he is becoming this rarefied elite talent. All right, Armada, the first time, the first three innings, sent up nine batters, eight of them struck out. And it, again, like you mentioned in the intro. It's not that Armada goes up and you're like, all right, stand there and watch three pitches. They have guys that have approaches. They have swings that aren't bad looking. Like, you don't go, oh, my God, what's this kid doing? I can see how Armada can win some baseball games. But Josh Kasner is that good. And the thing that went on, I'll just, by the way, Algonac wins 2-0. We'll talk about Armada had a couple kids pitch pretty well. They, they do a lot of nice things. But Josh Kasner is the lead today. 15 strikeouts, and the thing that was happening with him is we talk about the velocity on his fastball. I mean, he can can be consistently in the 90s. He can top out in the mid-90s. That pitch, as the game went on, he used it less and less and less and less. He was using a slider. He was using a curveball. looked like he had a changeup in there as well, and he's putting them on the corner. He's, He's throwing them right where he wants to. Now, the umpire had a little bit of a liberal strike zone. It was a bit more open, but it was consistent for both sides. He was giving the pitchers pitches. But he's locate, he's starting off batters with sliders, with curveballs, with changeups. Just enough so the Armada hitters are going, all right, all right, I'm gonna he's gonna throw the slider and then the fastball comes right by you and you don't you don't have a prayer. If you guess off speed against Josh Kasner and he rears back the fastball, it's by you. And you could see that some hitters were going, all right, I'm sitting fastball, I'm sitting fastball. And they'd be out on their front foot. There were five ball, six balls put in play 
all day against Josh Kasner. Ground out to second, ground out to third, ground out to first, ground out to fourth, ground out, or ground out to fourth, ground <laughs> out to second, ground out to short, and a, a ground ball to, to third, which resulted in an error, which is the only reason why it wasn't a perfect game. He went 19 up, 19 down, and then there was the error, and then he struck out the last two just for good measure. Jeez. So eight, 15 strikeouts. Oh, sorry, there's a line drive to right field. One ball got hit in the air the whole game off of Josh Kasner. And he has. it looked like he had four pitches that he was putting on a dime wherever he wanted to locate it. And you get him on a day where it's sunny and you can feel the ball and it's 80 degrees. And, yeah, it's going to be almost – it's going to have to be elite talent to take him down. He threw 82 pitches. Yes. That was what I was getting to. Yeah. So – because this was the stat when you told me this stat, it blew my mind. You strike out fifteen, and the the one I guess negative about being a strikeout pitcher is your pitch count goes up because naturally you're going to have to throw a few more pitches. Where if you get a guy that pitches to contact, you know we have some lefties or or some righties that maybe like Drew Hosterman. We'll talk about um, he. I saw him pitch for Cross Lex. Doesn't have a lot of strikeout stuff, but he he will do soft contact. Those guys usually. Have lower pitch counts. You get ground balls, quicker outs. Yeah, 15 strikeouts. He threw 82 pitches. 69 were strikes. Again, a little bit of a a bigger zone, I'd say. Probably giving half a ball off the plate or up high. It expanded a little. But still, 82 pitches, striking out 15. You threw 13 balls. He threw less than two balls an inning. But he and he's locating the ball where he knows the umpire will give him a strike. That's yeah. the thing about it. It's not like he's just randomly throwing pitches and the ump is going, "Okay, close enough." Yeah, he's he's figured out. You know, he he pitches an inning or two and he says, "Okay, I know the zone now." Right, and he's putting pitches where he knows he's going to get a call. And the other thing is, if you're Armada, okay, great great approach in theory. Be patient. Run up the pitch count. Boom, boom, 0-2. Now you're dead. Now you're done. You might as well turn around on 0-2 and go back because there's nothing you can do. So they had to figure out a way to try to attack early, and they really couldn't. Of the 15 strikeouts he had, he had five looking punch-outs. So he's fooling guys, and again, with him, you have to have an elite approach to face Josh Kasner because – Again, you have to be able to go from fastball to off-speed like that, and if you can't, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. You have to be like Detroit Edison last year who had five major league draft picks. Yeah, they had two major league (laughs) prospects. They had a bunch of college kids, and really, they jumped on him in the first inning, but once he settled down, they didn't really do much to him. And, yeah, he's thrown 16 innings this year, and he's given up one Hit. Not one run. One hit. One hit in 16 innings. I I know when he faces Richmond next week, might be a little bit of a different story. Armada's nice. Richmond's always going to be really good. But that's going to be the test. If he throws like a two-hitter against Richmond and strikes out 11, what else is this kid going to have to do? Or what's his next biggest obstacle the rest of the way until the postseason? He he's already on the get stuck on sports Hall of Fame wall, <laughs> right? Like it. Was, I, I think he earned that last year. It was one of the most 
dominant performances I've ever seen. Um, and how about Algonac? Two no-hitters in back-to-back days. When's the last time a school's ever done that? A softball no-hitter followed up by a baseball no-hitter. With 33 strikeouts in, like, yeah. 38 poor, kids pitched it. Poor Armada. <laughs> they played Algonac four games in three days. And they combined for how many hits did the softball team have in the second day? Yeah, I got to look at uh, that because it wasn't a ton. So in game two. They had against, two. So they got three hits in four games against Algonac in, yeah. <laughs> in baseball and softball. In baseball, combined. it was a one-hitter on yep. Monday. Then the, the doubleheader was a no-hitter and a two-hitter. And then your game was a no-hitter. Hitter. Yeah, that, that, that's a rough week. But again... And they scored one run in the four games. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to give Armada a little shine because I thought they, despite getting no hit, yeah, the bats aren't there right now for Armada. But there are things that are there for Armada that I like. Hunter Filber did a nice job against Algonac, the pitcher for Armada. He was a little wild. The first time through the order, he walked three guys. But once he settled in, he kept a good Algonac lineup off off balance. The, the only run scored for Algonac, it was a leadoff walk in the second. A sack bunt moved him over. Cal Molesky hit a C&I single into left field, so there's runners on first and third. Hit and run goes on with the runner on first. Bryce Simpson hits a ground ball to second. With one out, the only play is to throw it to first, so the run comes in to score. Ty Schultz rips a single up the middle. It's 2-0. That's the only time Algonac scored. Hunter Filber went five innings, struck out eight, walked six, and hit two. That's where he got in trouble. But those are the only two hits that he gave up to a really good Algonac lineup. And Armada had no errors. So they can field the ball. They can pitch the ball. Through their, at that point, through their three games, they were 0-3. They hadn't scored a run. They hadn't scored a run yet. But their worst loss was by four. Because you saw them on Monday. They're not a bad no, baseball team. They- it was a 3 nothing game. They, uh, again, the Bryce Simpson uh, threw a one-hitter. He, he had a no-hitter going into the uh, sixth inning. Right. So if Armada can get the bats to wake up, don't be surprised if these Tigers can rattle off a few wins in a row. But they just they really need to get the bats going and – the formula this week was not there with two games against Armada and a game against Romeo. Yeah, that's a tough week. That's yeah. That that's the other thing too. When, when you you know, I'm not going to be critical of their offense un, until I see them play teams that don't have robots pitching. Right. You know, uh, if if Elginac shuts you down, I'm going to wait till next week when you play somebody else that you know isn't throwing a Josh Kasner. Right. Picture. Well, let's see what Armada does in week two. But, I again, they field the ball well. They throw the ball well. If Hunter Filber can keep it in the zone, he'll be a nice pitcher for Armada. Problem is, he was going up against maybe the best pitcher the BWAC's ever seen and gets starting to get to that area where maybe it's the best pitcher this area's ever seen. Like, he had his stuff is ridiculous. He has four pitches he can put wherever he wants. He changes speeds. He has elite, elite stuff. Yeah, and, and he moves it around, and yeah, he's just good. All right, well, I guess let's stick with the BWAC. 
Um, this result surprised me a little bit. North Branch 14, Croslex 0. So after a 2-1 to showdown where I think there were four total hits, North Branch goes crazy with a 14-0 win. Jaden Hutchinson, four innings pitch, gave up just three hits, walked two, struck out seven. Matt Duty had a pair of doubles, five RBIs. Aiden Swash had three hits, uh, two doubles, three RBIs, stole a base, and Jordan McKnight had a triple and drove in three. Uh, you know, again, because they're isolated, they're out in North Branch. We don't get to see them that much, but it's pretty obvious, baseball and softball, that North Branch has got good teams this uh, year. And we started talking about it kind of, it, it snuck up on us last year, but by the middle of the season, we're like, North Branch can pitch. Right. You know, North Branch is, is scoring some run. Like, this, this is a, a good team. And we're also starting to hear guys like Brady Mitchell. The yeah. Other people are now saying, hey, this kid's good. Yeah. So North Branch starts off 2-0. and They get MLA City next week, who fell 15 to nothing to Richmond in game two. MLA City struggling. So North Branch has a chance to start off league play 4-0. and Again, no, they haven't played some of the top, top dogs. That's could be a very good start for the Broncos. I believe they're 8-0 to start the season. Yeah, and we talked about it that like that was a big game and getting the sweep would be huge for North Branch to start the season. And not just season. get the sweep, just obliterate Croslex. Yeah, because that was the, the game in Croslex mm-hmm. uh, that we thought, okay, Pioneers played them tough in North Branch, see how they do at home, but uh, I guess North Branch was saving the best for last. Right. Um because uh, they dominate that game. You mentioned it. Richmond dominated Imlay City to sweep that series. 15 nothing was the uh, score on uh, Wednesday. Grant Van Slambrook threw four uh, hitless uh, innings, no walks, struck out six. Uh, and uh, Charles Hitzelberger finished up uh, an inning in two-thirds, one hit, struck out five. Uh, Trey Taylor had a couple of hits, knocked in a run. Bryce Wesley doubled, knocked in three runs. Uh, Blake Eslink with a hit and two RBIs. And Anthony Benetti had two hits, including a double in that one. Really no surprise there with Richmond. They did what we expected them to do this week. Yeah, they did. And, well, their big test will come next week when they take on Algonac. I know they play Chippewa Valley at home tomorrow and... Next week, they'll have um, the test against Algonac. Chippewa Valley might tell us a little bit, but Algonac's going to be the test, and that's an early season test. I almost kind of hope that Monday's game gets washed away so we get it later in the week, so we get it in better weather, because last year this series was played in cold, rainy conditions. These are probably the two best teams in the BWAC. Maybe North Branch is saying something about it right now. So at worst, they're two of the top three. I want this play, weather or this series played in good weather, damn it. Like, I don't want to have a, oh, it's cold and it's raining. You don't get the best. No. I it, want it played later in the, the yeah. season. I want it to be the last series of the season because I think everybody knew going in. Well, I mean, we didn't know North Branch might be part of the equation too. But I think most people said these are the best two teams. Let's play the series that decides the league at the end. Well, Richmond has Algonac and North Branch coming up in the next two series. That's going to so those be... are the two. To me, those are the two big series. If not that, you know, on any given day, we, we've seen it. We saw right. it last year. On any given day, be, because there really aren't bad teams. No. 
you know. So at, at, at any point, somebody could nip you. But, I mean, again, it, it's it's pretty obvious that Algonac is good, and we've known for a while that Richmond right. is good. Yes, and now they've had the tune-up. It'll be a big, big series next week. Uh, one other score that this was like a three-hour game. <laughs> Almont beats Yale 11-9. to And as Dennis reads off the stats, I'm going to pull up the box score because this was a crazy game okay. that was just back and forth. Ty, Ty Fillinger, who is a really good player, uh, a home run and three RBIs for Almont. Aiden uh, Furkaran had uh, two hits and drove in two runs. Jason Lane with three hits and two RBIs. Cody Koval had a double and knocked in two. And uh, Max uh, Koskadan had uh, two hits. Almont, can we get some Smiths and Jones, please? <laughs> you have Jason Lane. Yeah, okay. Cody Koval is okay. not bad. Okay. is uh, not too tough. Connor Jakubiak had a hit and drove in two for Yale, and Gavin Aker had a hit and two hits for uh, Yale, and, and I think Brady's going to yeah. get to it here now. So Yale started off, they went up 3 nothing off the rip. Bam, Almont hasn't even had an at-bat. They, Almont gets one back in the bottom of the inning. Yale, right away, back at it. Two more runs. 5-1 Yale. And, you know, they're sitting there going, all right, we're we're hitting. We're feeling what we're feeling solid. Almont ties it in the bottom of the second. So it's 5-5, and we're not even two innings into the game. Yale wouldn't score for the next three innings, and Almont in the bottom of the third made it 9-5. And after Yale stormed out, Almont has a four-run lead. No one scores till the sixth. Yale storms back, ties it at nine, only for Almont to score twice in the bottom of the sixth, hold Yale scoreless in the seventh. It was an 11-9 win, as I mentioned. Here's one concerning thing. Eight errors for Almont. Wow. That's a lot. Yale only had five hits and scored nine runs. Yale walked six times. So between walks and errors, that's 14 I guess free passes. Yeah, if you, you know, call you that. gotta actually kind of feel fortunate that you won. Yeah, that's finding a Normally way. Normally, you to wouldn't get win a game win. like that. So. And Yale had beaten a Monday eight to four, and then you start out trailing five to one early. It, it could have really gone south for Elmont. So give them some credit too for battling. Right. All right. Uh, let's go to some Mac action. Romeo beat Marysville eight to six. Trenton Vaggie had two hits, a double, and an RBI. White Fiardo had two hits. Zach Winston had a triple, and Tommy Haddits had through four innings of twelve strikeout baseball. Gave up some hits, but when he got out, he was striking them out. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, his line was a little funky, but the 12 strikeouts is worth a mention. Uh, Edison beat uh, Port here in high 15-5. to five. Gavin Troy did have a double and knock in uh, two runs for the uh, Big Reds. And when we talk about Big Red baseball, I have a feeling we're going to say Gavin Troy's name every time. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I believe that was played down where the uh, Detroit Stars actually used to play in Hamtramck. Oh, okay. So that was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. If that's if I'm remembering this correctly, that they went down there, that's a cool spot to play. Yeah. And now Edison, because apparently they liked when they played Algonac, so they're playing everyone in the area. They're playing St. Clair tonight at the uh, at the corner ballpark at old where Old Tiger Stadium used to stand. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, they don't. You know, Edison doesn't actually have a home field. 
That's why they get to play at all these cool places. Well, right. They only play road <laughs> games, and they practice like on the football field in parking lots. And they're that good. They That's are, impressive. They are pretty good. That's impressive. All right. Uh, I had St. Clair and uh, Northern on Wednesday, and this did not turn out at all like I thought it was going to turn out. I was expecting to see a pretty competitive ball game. You know, and, and Northern, the first two hitters made outs against Holden Schalk. Uh, a fly out and a ground out. And then Ty Fletcher got a single. Nick Schrader drew a walk, so the Huskies had two on. But uh, Taylor Falls flew out to left, and that ended the top of the uh, first. And St. Clair came up, and they just started hitting right away. Logan Ellis singled. Owen Blank doubled into the gap. Ellis scored from first base. Peyton Ellis singled. Shirky drew a walk. Joe Lindman singled. Schrader only got two outs in the the inning. The Saints bat around. They score five in the first. First five guys get on and score, and you're like, oh, man, this is going to be a tough one. Then Owen O'Connor comes up leading off the second inning, and he hits a bomb out over the left center field fence. Like, folks, I'm going to St. Clair over 20 years and never saw any home runs at that ballpark until I saw one last year. And this this ball, safe spot, he strafed it. Then they get a walk. They sacrifice the runner over to second, get the runner over to third with two outs, can't score the, the run. Saints come back with two more runs in the, uh, the bottom of the uh, second inning. Ellis with a double. There was an error in there. Peyton Ellis had an RBI uh, single. So now it's 7-1 to one for the Saints. Northern gets a, a walk in the third with one out. Can't do anything with it. Saints manufacture a run in the bottom of the third to go up 8-1. to one. So you're going 8-1. to one. That's a lopsided score right. after three innings. Stucky, why are you interested in this game? Northern loaded the bases with nobody out in the fourth. A- and you're like, okay. They're one hit away from making this a ball game again. Right. One, one ball in the gap. Uh, and they've got Wynn, Armstrong, and Kerrigan coming up. You're like, one ball in the gap, and this is a ball game. The Saints went to Carter Peterson, and he struck out all three guys he faced. And right then, like, the it was putting the pin in the tire. Right. And you could hear the leak now um, because that was it. And then St. Clair just came up, uh, and it was a conga line in the bottom of the fourth. Uh, let's see, 13 to the plate, eight runs scored. Yeah. They walk it off on a hit-by-pitch. Yeah. St. Clair, I think, is really solid. I think this is probably going to be – I hope it's one of the worst games we see from Northern because there's talent on there. Hopefully, they just all played their worst game at the at the same time. Yeah. So, O'Connor had the home run for the uh, Huskies. They only had four hits. Logan Ellis, three hits, two two of them were doubles. Owen Blank, four hits, two doubles, three RBIs. Peyton Ellis had three hits and drove in a run. Uh, Connor Shirky had a hit, walked twice, uh, drove in uh, two. He was also hit by a pitch to end the game, so he was on base a lot. Joe Lindman, I think Joe Lindman's a good uh, good player, and he's been hot at the yes, plate. Yes, he has. Two hits, uh, three RBIs. He, he kind of, like, just in stance. I don't think he's as big as Lore. 
No, I mean, but he's, he's kind of got a same feel to him. Yeah, a taller, yeah, taller hitter that's got some pop. Braylon Essien had a a double. Cody Beauregard had a hit, drove in three runs. Braden Schalk had a hit and drove in a run. And, and St. Clair was just – they were really sharp, and Northern really struggled. Five errors for the Huskies, too. Yeah, that's – And I might have been able to give them a couple more, but – Yeah, that's that's a rough day. So we'll talk about St. Clair again because what they did – what they followed it up with was impressive. Uh, only one softball game we had for yesterday. Dakota beat Richmond three to nothing, but that's not a bad performance against one of the best in the state. And it helped uh, Richmond knock the the dust off because they, they haven't really been playing a lot, right? Um, and they were getting set for a doubleheader against Emily City that we'll talk about in uh, just a moment because that was the action that I saw yesterday. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Feel more confident and in control of your financial life. Ameriprise advisors can work with you to provide personalized, goal-based advice based on your short and long-term goals. Plus, you can track your investments and financial solutions with our digital tools and regular meetings. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual, and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. All right, a lot of softball 
was uh, played uh, yesterday. And, and again, that's an understatement. Yeah. Oh my God. A lot of great uh, hitting page. performances, another great pitching uh, performance. But uh, let's start uh, in the uh, Mac. Lance Cruz uh, holds off Port Huron High. Eight to seven in uh, this one. Uh, Cammy Trendy gets a couple of hits. Bryn Mullins two hits uh, and including a, a double related to Brady. You you never say anything about it, but Bryn's a relative, so I want to give her, her props. Okay. Uh, well, she's got. I mean, yes. grow, growing up with you as a cousin or whatever you are. Uh, Izzy Tremblay with a hit and an RBI, and Erica Huddy had uh, two hits and an RBI. So the Big Reds get some hitting. They get some offense. But, again, uh, they, they struggle on the other side of the ball because they get seven and, you know, they score a touchdown, but they give up a snowman. Yes, but this is an improvement. They're competitive. These were games they weren't very competitive in a year ago, and they're getting pitching that's good enough. They're getting hitting from different spots because last year it was like, all right, if one or two girls don't get a hit, then nobody's getting a hit. Now it's a little deeper lineup. They don't get the win, but it is a nice improvement to see for Port Huron. Now let's stack this. Let's see where they are. We know where they are on April 14th. Where are they going to be on May 14th? Are they winning these games? Are they taking that next step? That's what I want to see from this Port Huron high team. You know, um, Northern's defense let them down yesterday, it looks like, because uh, when we looked at Sidney Betts' pitching line, five innings, just one earned run. Um, she struck out four, but the Huskies lose 7-4 to Gross Point South. Six unearned runs is a lot to give up. Right, and Betts had cut down the, the walk number. She only walked four in this one. So she made the improvement there. She gave up just five hits. So five hits, four walks shouldn't equal seven runs. Only one earned run out of it, as you said. And it was five Northern errors that really cost them in a game that was one to nothing Northern going into the bottom of the fifth. Yeah, so you're you're grinding it out. You're in the lead. You're having a good game, and then just kind of the wheels fall off. Mackenzie Shagney off to a, a good start at the plate, had three hits, drove in a run, and Madison Ramo had a double and drove in a run. Uh, both Ramos have been hitting early in the season for Northern. Yeah, so again, let's see where this Northern team goes. You see that these flashes, you see, okay, we've gotten this part in, can we get this part in? We, or no, now this one broke down, but this one rose up. Let's get them all clicking on the same page, and then you'll get the win like you did against Lance Cruz when you when you beat them by 10. Yeah. Uh, Marysville can hit, Brady. I know, and, <laughs> and one of your favorite hitters kept doing it. Yeah. Uh, Megan Winston had two hits, three RBIs, but you, you, you were calling for this before the season. Avery Walters, two hits, a double, another home run. That's already three on the young season, three RBIs. So she's got at least 11 RBIs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and here's a, a player that we was started to play better last year, but I think is going to kind of bloom into a really nice piece. Callista Nagin, two hits, a home run, an RBI. That's a name I expect to say basically anytime Marysville is doing something well. Yeah, and, and she's playing second base, or at least she did the, the day I was there. And you know there's some big shoes to fill there. Ryan Quain homered. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're hitting home runs, and it's different people and throughout their young. lineup. 
They're young players, too. So they took it to Lakeshore 11-1 to yesterday. Quain drove in a couple of runs, pitched pretty well, too. They they split up the pitching. Yeah, they split up the pitching duties, but that's a nice league win to start for Marysville because they didn't get to start on Tuesday. Um, so they start off the league 1-0. St. Clair starts off the league 2-0. and 8-3 win over Lakeview. St. Clair's just been steady Eddie as as this uh, season started. Hadley Schwartz, two hits, or a hit, two RBIs, excuse me. Aaron Saros had two hits, one RBI. Addie Blank, two hits, a double. Rochelle Swyhofer, two hits. Peyton Malcolm, two hits and an RBI. It's just, it's almost like you pull names out of a hat and you go, these four are the ones that are going to be the, the hitters today. Well, that's the thing. You go up and down that St. Clair lineup and you go, where's the easy out? There's not. There isn't one. I think it's like I who think, do you pitch around? You're like, no, I can't, I can't pitch around Claire yeah. Borg because the hitter after her is just as good. Well, the, these eight runs have been their worst offensive performance. Granted, it's only been three games, but it's been their worst run output. They'll play Marine City tonight, and that'll be another nice test. And I think you'll get to see this offense and see what yeah. they're made of. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm interested. I've seen the Mariners. Now I'm interested to see uh, the Saints. Speaking of the Mariners, they played uh, Algonac, uh, and the score was nine to seven for Algonac. The interesting thing was is that uh, Kenna Bomarito only pitched three and two thirds innings in this one, and was throwing a no hitter and had eleven strikeouts. And then they they took her out of the game, and and Marine City bats came to life. They were like. Hallelujah. Get her out of here. <laughs> right? So that that was, yeah, that that was impressive. The only thing that, I don't even know if this is a concern, but after three and two-thirds, why does she come out after that point? I'm just hoping everything's fine. And she came out just because it was she hit a pitch count or something. Like, yeah. All right, we're bringing you out now, not that something Or happened. they just want to get the other girl's work. Right. But three and two-thirds is a weird point to take someone out. Yeah. And she had... Two more hits, a triple and a home run. Uh, so she's got uh, three homers on the year, and uh, all but two of her hits are for extra bases, and she's got like 10 hits now. Yeah, her, <laughs> I was joking. Her slugging percentage has to be like 240 or something, <laughs> two, 2.4 or something just ridiculous because I, I, I don't think she's allowed to hit a single. It's like if she doesn't end up on second, she's just out. <laughs> J.C. Reams had a double a home run, two RBIs. Ella Stevenson had three hits, including two doubles and an RBI. And uh, Michael Kennel had a hit and drove in two runs. Jade Blanchard had a couple of hits, including a double. She knocked in two for the Mariners. Jocelyn Dietlin had two hits and an RBI and two hits for Emma Terhoon in uh, that one. But, again, all after Bomarito was not on the mound anymore. I, I, I'm very curious to see what happens in the St. Clair Marine City game. Not just because it's a rivalry game and and it, that it gives it enough flair as is, but I want to see how Marine City does because they've had some really good performances. They've had some not-so-good performances, and they're a small team. They only have 11 players yeah. on the roster, and Marine City the last couple years has improved from the start to the end of the year. Let's see. That's another team I want to see. In just a week, have they made that step? Because, again, it's hard to judge when you're facing Kenna Bomarito. Yeah. Well, I remember early in the season last year, they went to St. Clair, and they they rallied late and kind of stole that uh, ball game. So they are capable. Right. 
Right. Um, but Algonac gets another win. They had to fight for that one. I believe it was actually tied at seven at one point in this one. So wasn't easy for the Muskrats. No. Uh, they're another one. They're, they're going to score stupid amounts of runs this year. All right. Doubleheader at Richmond yesterday as they finally opened league play. They were the one team that uh, didn't play a league game early in the uh, week. Uh, they beat Imlay City. Game one, the final is 10 to nothing in six innings. But uh, Richmond scored three in the the second, and it was still three nothing when we were going into the bottom of the uh, the fifth. Uh, Piper Clark lined one over the uh, left field uh, fence, and it got out in about .4 seconds uh, for a home run that kind of blew the game open, made it six nothing, and then they put it away in the bottom of the sixth with four runs, and Clark singled home two more. Um, she went four for four in this game with four RBIs, and we'll get to Piper more in a minute. But uh, Katie Shoeboy at the plate, one for two with an RBI. She was also hit by a pitch, but it was on the mound. Mm-hmm. All right, so MLA City didn't give themselves a hit. I scored it a hit, right. and I explained it to you of what the play was like. Without actually getting to see the video, it's always going to be hard to tell. But the way you described it, for those that weren't there, described which you gave the only hit to MLA City, which they didn't give themselves. Yeah, uh, uh, Chloe Bruman is a slap hitter. She hits from the left side. She runs up and, and slaps the ball. And uh, the Richmond uh, third baseman, uh, Telto, was in tight. She was in front of the bag at third, playing for a bunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a, and, a hard chopper and, on the and, ground. And it was spiked at her. At 100 miles an hour, okay? She reacted the best. No, it wasn't right at her. It was to her side. She had to reach to her left to even get her glove on it. And it's a reflex thing. Either the ball hits your glove and sticks in it, or it hits off you and does what it does to flex over to the shortstop, and they're not going to throw out Bruman. She's already running up as she's hitting the ball. She's halfway down the line anyways. That's a hit to me. Okay. That that is not an ordinary defensive play. Right. A slow roller to third? Yeah. Sure. A chopper to third. Chopper to third, sure. A bullet like that, no, that's a hit. Earn earn the hit and maybe if there wasn't the first hit of the game, they wouldn't have even been a thought. And they if it's there's already if three hits you on know the what? board. If it's if it's the seventh inning, mm-hmm. I'm still scoring right. it. The no, way I'm saying I that you, it's probably not even a debate if there's not even a question if there's a no hitter going on. So you gave it a one hitter, which doesn't take away from the ridiculous ridiculousness of Katie Shoeboy pitching. Um but yeah, it just took us away from our what, sixth no hitter of yeah. the week. So she faced twenty hitters. Struck out 14 and only allowed three base runners in this and game. And it's like the fifth best pitching performance this week. <laughs> but uh, she was on point. I, you know, I it was interesting because in the first inning, you know, she was kind of stretching and, right. and doing a lot between pitches. And I don't feel like she was loose. And she gave up the, the hit. There was a strikeout. They threw out Bruman trying to steal. Then she hit a batter. Uh, and then she got a strikeout to end the inning. And then after that, it was ground out, strikeout, 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 ground out, fly out. Uh, Stone hit one. The wind was blowing out all day. Stone hit one to the warning track that got caught and left. That was the only hard hit ball other than the first batter. And then it was strikeout, strikeout, 
error, strikeout, 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 strikeout. All right. Well, <laughs> pretty um, good performance. Talk about game two real quick, and then we'll, we kind of buried the lead because the milestone was hit in game one, which yeah, is absolutely well, stupid. The, the, the other one is you, you've, you've got a youngster on Richmond, and here's the one that we didn't know about. Her name is uh, Emma Barnbrick, three for three in game one, two doubles, a single, drove in three, scored two runs, and did more hitting in game two. But, yeah, game one, 10 nothing walk-off, and uh, the, the win was number 1,100 for Howard Stewart. 1,100, okay? Remember when we were, we were talking about Al DeMott? Mm-hmm. He's at 800. Well, yeah, he's at like 810 or something. Yeah, but I'm... Right. You, yes. You get, and I know they, I, 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 no, I'm, I'm not, uh, but I, and I know they play more softball games right. every year than they do, but call again, on average about 30. This is another guy in our area that is just freaking legendary. So again, I like to put it in this context. If you win 25 games a year, so let's say you play about 30 to 32. So on average, you win. Five-sixths of your games, you win about 87% of your games. It would take you 44 years to get to this point if you average 25 wins a year. And that's about right. Yeah. Howard's been there at least that long. (laughs) It feels like it. Um, If you are curious where it stands, the record right now is 12-31 by Diane Laffey at Regina. Here's the interesting thing about the softball record book. The top four coaches are all still active. That Laffey has uh, 1231. Walt, Walt Raven at Frankenmuth has 1224. Um, or is this not updated? Why is this only going through 2021? All right. MHSA site's weird sometimes, yeah. especially with the update. Go back to it, and I'll see if I can find if it's changed or not. All right. In uh, in game two, Richmond ended up winning 12-2. to two. But again, th- th- this was a, a funny start. Through three innings, it was one to nothing, and not a whole lot was going on for either uh, team. Uh, and then the Richmond bats uh, kind of got going. Emmy Hildreth uh, had a two-run double in the fourth to make it three nothing. Then in the uh, fifth, Clark hit her second double of the game. She would end up going eight for eight in the doubleheader. Oh, by the way, um, that's it. That that's it. She steals third, scores on a sack fly by Ashley Stafford. Then Liz Shoeboy, who I think is a bat that they're hoping like Lauren Creon was a great hitter, and, and she was the other player along with Clark that had power in that lineup. And with her out of there, uh, um, you know you're going well. Who's going to be that other power hitter? Liz Shoeboy could be a candidate there. She hit one out to straightaway center field that was an absolute uh, bomb. And then two batters later, Barnbrink, uh, Barnbrick came up again, and she hit one to left center that was absolutely annihilated. And this is not a big girl. I think she's a freshman. She looks like she's four foot nothing and maybe weighs, you know, 75 pounds. Um, and, and she just absolutely slobber knockered one out to left, uh, center field, by the way, with all the construction at Richmond, they now play on what was the JV field. Oh, so it changed up a bit. Yeah. 
and uh, and Howard told me there's a difference of seven feet now on the fences because left field on the old varsity was only 190. Right. So it's at least 197 now. But uh, the, they could have been playing at, uh, you know, 230, and that ball was going to get out of there. Uh, and then once Richmond found the bats and, and started hitting the ball, they didn't stop the rest of the way. They got to two in the uh, fourth, three in the fifth, four in the sixth, and two more in the uh, seventh. They had 13 hits in game two. Hildreth had two hits, including a double, drove in three runs. Clark, four for four, four runs scored in RBI, hit two doubles, went eight for eight in the double header, uh, and got on base ten times. Uh, Stafford, two hits, drove in three runs. Shoeboy had two hits, drove in three runs, hit a home run. Uh, Barnbrick had uh, a home run and an RBI, scored a couple more runs. Uh, Ella Hill had a, a hit and a walk, scored a, a couple of runs. In game two, Emily City had 12 hits. Piper Clark pitched game two. She had a kind of a weird stat line uh, with uh, seven innings pitched, two runs, 12 hits, all singles. That's a way to keep them off the base. Or Didn't walk anybody. Didn't walk anybody and struck out uh, 10. Uh, Chloe Bruman had three hits in game two. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about Natalie Stone, too. She had a hit, a run, and an RBI. Brooklyn Ross had two hits, and Hope uh, Schreiber had two hits and an RBI. Natalie Stone made two of the best defensive plays uh, I think I'm going to see all season. Yeah. She started the doubleheader at third in game one, and the first hitter of the game hit a bullet, and she dove to her left and snagged it, and it was it, and I thought that was a great catch. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's a great play. In the second game, she's pitching, and, and it's it's a hard play to describe. But Lauren tell or excuse me, Kate Telto hit a line drive right back at the pitcher. So Stone's a right-hander. She's finishing her delivery. It's bang, bang. Yeah. She just throws up her glove so that her face doesn't get ripped off. The ball hits the glove, goes straight up, and then starts towards third. So she's diving in the circle after just reacting and blocking the ball. She somehow tracks it, finds it, dives towards third, face first into the dust, and catches it before it hits the ground. And it happens in a split second. It was a sensational play. Sensational. That's a lot of reacting really quickly. Yes. Um, and, and she really, you know, she kind of had to, had to take it yesterday. She pitched the, the second game with a doubleheader. It was a struggle. All the way through, she threw a lot of pitches. Um, Richmond is a tough lineup to negotiate, but she just goes to work. And every pitch, you don't, you wouldn't know looking at her if they're winning or losing. She just, uh, I, I was, I was very impressed. That's again, she's out in Imlay City. Mm-hmm. She was hurt for most of the last year, so she kind of flies under the uh, the radar. But uh, that's that's a good stick in, in that lineup. And uh, she's a good defender, for sure. All right. Other BWAC action. That was the only BWAC game, but Almont hosted or played New Haven. I don't know if it was there or 
at New Haven, but they won 15 to nothing either way. It wasn't much uh, much effort from Almont needed to be exerted. Grace Koenig, have a day. Three hits, a double, a triple, and a grand slam home run. Five RBIs. Where's the single, yeah, Gracie? Yeah, just, just missing the single. The easiest part. I know that, your dad. You didn't eat last that, night because you the, didn't get a single. That's the second time <laughs> that we've had three-fourths of the cycle but been missing the single. Yep. <laughs> the easy one. Uh, Devin Johnson, three hits, two RBIs. Kendall Roshevsky, three hits, drove in three. Lydia Lacavera, three hits, an RBI. Brooklyn Bunch, two hits, and an RBI. So Almont gets a very convincing win. And that's another lineup where you go up and down and go, where's the easy out? Same with North Branch. They had a doubleheader against uh, Lakeville. They won the first one 9 nothing. Not much surprise. Uh Addison Cobb, two hits. Ellis Swash, two hits in RBI. Mock, three hits. Inclu- all were doubles, drove in four. Franklin had two hits in an RBI. Ludisher, two uh, two RBIs on a hit. Uh, that was Tracy Ludisher. Courtney Ludisher pitched seven innings, uh, no runs, three hits, one walk, 12 strikeouts. Then they turn around and play Lakeville again, and it's a 12-8 loss for North Branch. That was a little surprising, don't you think? Yeah, I mean... They hit the same, but twelve runs given up. They, I mean, they obviously, they obviously were probably experimenting and again getting other kids' innings and work that maybe hadn't pitched yet. But still, twelve eight. Like I'm not going to throw up any red flags or tell them say that they're not good or anything or or. But that was just a curious loss that I saw um, on there that I didn't really expect. But again, North Branch when they go on to league play, I think they'll be all right. Just a little curious in the loss. Yeah, I mean, okay, maybe, I, maybe I'd maybe i be um, if Deshetsky pitched and they lose 12-8. to eight. Right. Because when they play the big games, Deshetsky's going to pitch. Right. So, um, again, I'm just going to say that they were probably working out, seeing what else they have. Maybe kick the ball around a little as well. Yeah. Uh, Yale lost a doubleheader to Lutheran Westland four to one and eight to three. Brooklyn Shutko had two hits and a double in game two, and Honicky had a home run in game two for Yale as well. All right, uh, we had a lot of baseball yesterday as well, but uh, we'll take a break first, and then we'll uh, get uh, back uh, with uh, yesterday's results in boys baseball in just a moment. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. 
The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron school's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, we had some baseball yesterday, uh, too, uh, Brady. Uh, you saw Marysville and Croslex. Yeah, I was a little um, excited to see both these teams. Croslex had taken two on the chin to North Branch and Marysville. Hadn't seen the Vikings yet, and after last year, Things didn't go on their way. They they bring some back. They turn some over, and uh, they're playing cross lex in a non league. And you know you're not going to see or expect to see the best pitching matchups at least on paper. Trenton Vaggy did get the start for Marysville. And Gavin Espinoza. They were seeing what they had with cross lex had in him on the mound. Struggled a bit. Walked four in in just under two innings of work. He got yanked relatively quickly. It was two nothing Marysville in the second thanks to a uh, two-RBI single from Wyatt Fiardo. Um, but it, uh, Croslex answered in the top of the second. They had two walks to start the inning, worked them around a score. Connor Partlow drove them in. And Drew Hosterman came in in relief, who I didn't expect to see because he pitched on Monday, and I was waiting to see, well, assuming that he was going to be saved for next Monday. They bring him in, and he really settles the game down. Marysville stranded a couple runners in the second inning. No one would score to the third, where Cross-Lex scored on a wild pitch that brought in the run. They take the 3-1 to lead, but Marysville answers right back. They get the first two runners on in the bottom of the fourth. Keegan Quain singles, a walk to Luke Badley, and it was an RBI single from Bryce Smith and Trenton Vaggie hit a sack fly RBI. Marysville answers right back. What you like to see, something they didn't necessarily do last year. Felt like they were stranding runners last year. Felt like they were letting those opportunities slip by. In the top of the sixth, Cross-Lex is trailing by a run. They have a runner on third with uh, one out. Ground ball hit right to third, exactly what the pitcher, Andrew Kaskiew, came in for the final two innings needed. Ground ball came right to him. Throw goes home, grab the tags there, and it pops out of the glove. Ooh. Perfectly executed play. He got the pitch you wanted. A, a relatively hard hit ball to third. 
grabs it. The runner heads home. Smith throw or the throw comes home right away. Grabs it, goes to put it down, and yeah, pops out. And it's just like not this again. We're we we executed it perfectly. Like we've lost games like this all last year. We don't want this to happen again. They get out of the inning, but the game's tied. What's Marysville do? Keegan Quain again, leadoff single. He moves around. It was a walk, and there's runners on the corners, and a ground ball to short, and it's Cross-Lex that makes the throwing error, trying to turn the double play to get out of the inning. The throw goes way soaring into right field, comes home. Marysville takes the lead. Kasky goes in the ninth, goes uh, walk, but Partlow was caught stealing. Gumtow struck out, and Espinosa hit a hard-hit ball right at the center fielder, and Marysville got a much-needed 5-4 win over Cross Lex, and it, this was a game that they lose last year. They would have, they would have found a way to lose last year, and this time they found a way to win. Yeah, uh, the, uh, again, that that's a nice win for the uh, for the Vikings. Uh, remember last year they're off to such a, a a weird start, and I went and saw them play in the rain, and they had like their best performance. Yeah, the they got down at yeah Marine City, <laughs> but they. This was a nice win over Croslex. Trenton Veggie early in the game struggled with command. It was going to a lot of high counts, ran up the pitch count. Otherwise, he might go the distance. Again, we know he has good stuff. He yeah. just needs to keep it in the zone. He, he was struggling in the first couple innings with that, but once he settled in, Croslex wasn't doing much with it. And I, again, I like the contributions up and down the lineup from Marysville. Curious to see what they're going to do when they get into league play because I believe they open with Northern next week. That's a series that I think could tell us a lot. Yeah. I could see either side taking the series. Heck, I could see either side sweeping the series. Wyatt Fiardo, good week at the plate, too, yeah. for the uh, Vikings. Another good game. St. Clair beats Eisenhower 3-2. to two. Owen Blank, uh, hot at the plate this week. Had a hit, drove in a run. Cody Beauregard had a double in uh, that uh, game. And then the Saints... Continuing to play pretty solid baseball. Yeah, that Romeo game's looking like a, a blip on the radar, looking like an anomaly. Ike's a Mac Red team. And this is a young St. Clair team, and all these names we're saying are outside of Logan Ellis are mostly sophomores. Um, a freshman is thrown in there as well. This St. Clair team's having a really nice week, and I don't know if it's just clicking for them. I don't know if it's that Nick Black's had a whole year with them in the system, so everyone kind of knows what to expect. You're not getting a bunch of seniors to try to learn how you want them to play and the way they want to go. But they're, they're just figuring it out right now, and I hope they're not just racing out to a hot start and they might fizzle out. But I just think they get it. Like, they're pitching well. They have a lot of guys that – Maybe they don't have amazing, overpowering stuff, but they throw outs, and outside of the Romeo game, they make the plays that are hit to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it, it doesn't hurt when your manager eats, sleeps, drinks, thinks. I mean, everything is baseball. Right. And, and, uh, and uh, he will he'll, he'll start talking to you, and you won't even realize it yeah. that 20 minutes later – He's still oh. going, and you're still fascinated in the conversation. Well, St. Clair was listed for three errors in the game, so they still managed to work through Eisenhower with the three errors. They only had four hits, but 
I'm just going to take a guess here, and I don't know this, and I could be way off, but if you score three runs on four hits, that means you do some of the little things that Nick Black really emphasized as well, and you made the most of your opportunities. Well, and again, I've only seen the Northern game, but they are very aggressive on the base paths. Mm -hmm. They run, run, run. They take the extra base. They do those sorts of things. Uh, and, yeah, the, the, they're they're good at the fundamentals, bunting, moving the runner over, um, hitting a sacrifice fly, stuff like that. Um, they've always been solid at that. Now they'll play Edison tonight. That will be a, another test. But they get started in league play next week. But St. Clair, I think they're going to be all right, and they're a young team. A lot well, of time to work with these guys. We, we have to disassemble Algonac and blow up the team because they gave up five runs. Yeah, I know. They only won by 12, 17 to 5 <laughs> over Lakeshore. So um, a pathetic performance <laughs> from Algonac. Uh, Ty Schultz had three hits, two doubles. Come on, Ty. What are you doing? Josh Kasner, two hits, a double, and a home run. Sure, why not? Um, <laughs> two RBIs. Matt Meldrum, two hits, a double, three RBIs. Matt Ricks had a pair of hits. Cal Molesky had two doubles and drove in two. Sure. Yep. Thanks for Do coming. Do something, guys. Thanks for coming, Lakeshore. <laughs> like, they, they got a few hits. They scored some runs. Yeah. So they, they can take that banner home with them. But, yeah, I mean, we said everything we need to say about Algonac. Let's get us to the series against Richmond next week. Yeah. Again, I almost hope that Monday just gets washed away because Monday and Tuesday are supposed to be in the 40s. But then you're going to be in the 50s and 60s the rest of the week. Let's get there. I want those games to be played then. Let, let's get like a Wednesday-Thursday series going on. All right. Uh, Romeo beats Armada 10 to nothing. So, again, the, the Tigers-Bats can't get going. But, but we know Romeo's Romeo is a bigger team. team and yeah. yeah. They that, did that to four, St. Clair earlier. Four shutout games for Romeo uh, for Armada to start. Yeah. They just need to find something to get the, the confidence at the plate. All right, North Branch sweeps uh, Otisville, Lakeville, 12-4 in the opener. Uh, Landon uh, Swash with two doubles and an RBI. Aiden Swash, two hits, two runs batted in. Owen Yens had a hit and an RBI, and Jordan McKnight had a hit and an RBI. And North Branch did even more damage in game two. They wanted to go home. Yeah. Three-inning game. Yeah, Brady Mitchell, three hits, a double, four RBIs. Brant Primo, two hits, two RBIs. Aiden Swash a hit and two RBIs, and Matt Duty had two hits and drove in two runs for the Broncos. Eight, no. I I think they're for real. They've I, done I, nothing. They've not even give us given us an inkling to think otherwise. And again, we're gonna have to wait a little bit. They'll take on Richmond not this coming week, but next week. It's gonna be a big one for North Branch, but. Out the gate, bang, 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 bang. How about them Broncos? Yeah. They are – they're – I don't even want to call them sneaky. I think you can just throw them in the mix right now with Algonac and Richard. Now, if they're, they have to prove themselves against those teams. The other two, I think, are more of a proven commodity. But I think North Branch has earned the right when we talk about the top teams in the BWAC, at least early, you have to at least sit them at the dinner table with them. No, they're not at the head of the table yet, but they're in there. And they split with Richmond. That turns some heads. If they sweep Richmond, certainly they are right, obviously right there in contention. But just keep doing what they're doing. Um, don't stub your toe against an MLA City team that you should beat. Keep it, keep it going. If you're, if you're North Branch, I really like what I've been seeing from North Branch early in the season. All right, got softball today. Uh, I'll be in Marine City, Marine City St. Clair in the Battle of East China, and uh, look for it on Stream One around four thirty. Sounds like a plan. All right, and otherwise, have a great weekend.
From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.